What is up, freaks? It's your boy, Marty Ben, here to introduce this rip of Tales from the Crypt. I sat back down with our good friend, our base Canadian friend from up north, Steve Barber, founder and CEO of Upstream Data, to talk about a lot of things. The, the lockup situation up in Canada, how it's affecting businesses, the impediment of, of bureaucracy and regulations, and, and how that's affecting businesses in Canada specifically. Uh, then we changed the tone and got into some optimistic things around Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining, and the products that Upstream Data is pushing out and has on the horizon. I hope you guys enjoy it. Steve is an incredible Bitcoiner, incredible human being, and I'm very excited that he's going to be a father soon. We talk about that in the episode, so I feel comfortable saying that. This writ was brought to you by your good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App's helping you stack sats, send sats, receive sats, and sell sats. We're saying sats, 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 sats. Because sats are the standard. There's 100 million sats, one whole Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin or a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can stack whole sats. Instead, you can dump your cuck bucks for sats. It's a hot thing to do. A lot of people are doing it. Cash App makes it extremely easy. Cash App's becoming a new bank of the future. It can be your bank and get your paychecks direct deposited in, into it. It's offering account numbers and routing numbers. They've got incredible things on top of that. So if you haven't downloaded the app, make sure you do so using the code stackingsats. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10. And $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Woo! 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 This rip... <coughs> was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to bring Bitcoiners custodial and financial services that leverage Bitcoin's native properties, particularly its multi-sig properties. And that's what we're here to shield today is their uh, their Vault product, which allows you to engage in a two or three multi-sig address, or excuse me, two or three multi-sig custodial wallet or collaborative custody. I'm messing this up. It's a collaborative custody model. You hold two keys. Unchained holds one. You can always move your UTXOs in and out of the vault at your own leisure as you hold two keys. But if you ever need Unchained, they're there to be that second in the two or three multi-sig setup. Again, it's collaborative custody. It's not fully custodial. Uh, I like this model. I use it myself. And Unchained is here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custodial solutions, in your self-custody solutions, uh, you don't want to be holding your Bitcoin on a third-party uh, exchange where they can uh, essentially tell you that you can't get access to your Bitcoin. You only have claims there. You don't want a single point of failure with a single SIG wallet. If you lose that wallet and your backups, you're shit out of luck. The collaborative custody model that Unchained is offering is an incredible model and a great way to increase your security. And they have a great white glove concierge service. We're going to take you from zero to having a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in a two or three multi-SIG Volt, uh, Volt wallet. Uh, they're going to walk you through. They're going to have multiple video calls with you. They're going to get you hardware wallets. They're going to get you comfortable with everything. And then they're going to dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats into that Volt. Once you have it set up, if you tell them the TFT sent you for this Volt product, you're going to get $50 off. And if you just want to learn more about it, they're doing single one-on-one free consultations. If you just want to learn and don't want to go full into it. So go check out everything at unchained.com. Unchained.com. It's so weird saying that instead of unchained-capital.com. I've been saying that for four years, and now I have to say unchained.com. Happy they got the new domain, though. Uh, not only do they have their products, they have their incredible blog series. They have Parker Lewis's Gradually, then Suddenly, and they're doing incredible things. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Compass Mining. Compass Mining is here to get more individuals into the hashing game. They want more individual ownership of hash power. And the way they do that is allow you to go to compassmining.io. You can pick a miner. Uh, and you can have it sent to your house. They're doing at-home mining. They have an at-home mining package where you can get your miners and you can 
get them sent to your house. And then Compass has a support team that's going to allow you to communicate with them. They're going to walk you through the process of getting your electrical engineer, your electrical infrastructure set up, how you're going to plug your miners in, how you're going to point that hash rate to a pool of your choice, and how you're going to get your payout streamed to a wallet of your choice. On top of that, if you don't want to do it at home, they have partnerships with hosting facilities with competitive electricity costs. So you can buy your miner on Compass, pick a hosting facility, have that miner bought and plugged in and then have sat stream to a wallet of your choice it's a beautiful thing go check it out at compassmining.io last but not least this rip was brought to you by our good friends at brains brains b-r-a-i-i-n-s that double i go check them out at brains.com and what you're going to find is that they have a plethora of things they're the team behind slush pool which is the oldest mining pool in the bitcoin game they've mined 1.25 million bitcoin to date uh, they also have their Brains OS Plus auto-tuning firmware, which allows you to get more hash out of your machines. They basically find a way to to find higher frequency chips on your ASICs and fine-tune and uh, and essentially focus the, the uh, electricity in your ASIC on those higher frequency chips and less electricity on the lower frequency chips. And uh, the result of that is more hash rate and thus more sats for your ASICs. They're, they're making your ASICs more valuable. So if you're running uh, uh, ASICs that have uh, brains, uh, that brains is available for, download it. There's no reason you shouldn't. You should be getting more sats for your hash. Uh, if you do download it and you're you're running brains on your on your ASICs, you don't have to point at Slush Pool. But if you do, uh, you're going to get 0% off your pool fees, which is a nice little vig there on top of that. Brains is uh, hiring. If you're a Rust developer, system uh, admin, uh, you've worked with hardware, uh, they're looking to hire. So go check out their their jobs page. Uh, incredible team, Bitcoin only, working on incredible open source projects, including Stratum V2. Uh, and what's the other one? I can't think of it off the top of my head, but they're working on great open source projects. They're incredible. We've had Jan on. We've had Pavel on. Uh, We've had Edward Evenson on. We need to get Daniel on. Daniel, if you're listening, we need to get you on. We need to talk. Uh, go check out everything at brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. Uh, they've got a blog. They've got profitability tools. They've got everything you can need. And if you're running ASICs that are compatible, I don't have the list in front of me. Go check their website for the compatible ASICs. Download it on your ASICs, and you're going to get more hash and thus more sats. It's a no-brainer. And no brainser. No brainser. Did I just start something? Maybe. Enjoy this episode with Steve. I know he's running brains on all of his ass nights. He said it in this episode. Dickie! You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Steve, you're, you're landlocked. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a prisoner in my own country. Can't even... Uh... I don't even think I can visit my, uh, like, I'm pretty sure, like, so I, I grew up in Newfoundland, it's an island on the East Coast, so I don't even think I can go there right now, like, from province to province, because even if I drove there, because I can't fly uh, as a as an evil, unvaxxed, um, but 
if I drive there, I'm pretty sure because I get a ferry, I can't even get the ferry. Like I'd have to row a fucking boat across the ocean to get there, I think. <laughs> and then they probably wouldn't let me anywhere over there because they're really, they're really intense on the lock on the on the vaccine mandates in Newfoundland, I believe. Is Trudeau drunk with power? What is it? What's the problem? How, how come common sense can't prevail? Is it even are people even dying up there right now? Uh well, Alberta is like Alberta, Saskatchewan uh, has like you know high a high case count, so lots of people in the hospital apparently. Um, what's the problem? Well, I think the problem is the governments are all bankrupt, and they, they they're using uh, every chance they can to print more money um, and and control and surveil surveil society and. You know, they don't want you doing any transactions anymore without their fingers on what you're doing. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't understand it to be honest. Like, uh, uh, there's no logic. I mean, why, why, why try to logic this out? Like, there's no logic in what, in what's happening with the, the lockdowns anyway. So, there's absolutely none. It's crazy to think that you can't travel from province to province as an American. And our friends up north aren't going to be able to cross the border unless they, unless they get a jab. We live in weird times. Thank God we have Bitcoin. So I had a customer uh, come visit us. Uh, actually, he's not a customer yet, but uh, they've been talking to us for probably years. And they got this little project going on with their own, their own thing. It's not actually Bitcoin mining, but power generation. And so they've been looking at us to like supply them something. But anyway, they came up to... Uh, visit their site. It's in Alberta. They came up from the U S um, I went out to lunch with them and yeah, well, one, they had to get, I do believe they had to get vaccinated to come into the country and do anything. But then I went to lunch with them and this was like the day they started the vaccine mandates. So uh, yeah, like, like, yeah, they sit down and the waitress comes up, like ask for your passport, your vaccine, like credentials. It's so weird. I just felt like, ashamed like embarrassed like that i i was like having to sit there with these guys that came up from i think they live in wyoming one of them lives in wyoming now so that you know you got more of a freedom mentality and here you are like having to show these these papers um yeah it's ridiculous it's uh it's a goddamn shame it's a goddamn shame are we gonna fix yeah. this we need to get you down here we need to we're, that's why we came to texas that's why i came to texas Parker Lewis does this shill perfectly. You come to Texas or Wyoming, wherever you, wherever you want to end up, and we go to these freedom-preserving states, and, and we we basically go gulch gulch on the world. We figure out how how to to build our parallel economy, and then we go out and we save we save our homelands. You know, I think like I uh, as much as I despise like the Canadian government and uh, like a lot of the attitudes of Canadians up here. Uh, I do love the country. So like, I don't want to leave Canada. Um, but I would, if I felt, um, it was in like my family's best interest or even my business's best interest right now. My sort of hope is like, if we can, uh, we've expanded the business a little bit up here. Like we got a little bit more going on with motors. So like what I hope is, uh, if we keep growing, maybe the next step for us is to look for somewhere in the States 
to have like a service arm, like maybe a small shop, just lease out a small building, have a couple guys in there, like just doing uh, field service work, maybe some manufacturing, something like that. And that, that to me seems like a good way to get my foot in the door to have like a, be in another say country. And then if I have to, uh, I think uh, what I, some, some people online, like Twitter gave me some advice on like, if I did want to pursue, uh, you know, living in the U S like certainly having some kind of business activity, uh, based in, you know, maybe Wyoming, maybe in Texas, uh, those obviously are the, the ones that a lot of Bitcoiners like, uh, Montana, apparently it's amazing. Um, if I'm told, um, I know I don't want to live in a big city. So you moved to Austin. I don't think I would do that. Like, are, are you like in the suburbs? Where are you? Are you downtown? Like you look, I see you have a backyard behind you. So you must be like not downtown or anything. Yeah. I'm Southwest of downtown. Pretty I'm like a 15 minute drive from downtown, which is far enough away, uh, to have a backyard in a nice three bedroom house. Um, but close enough to get get there if I need to to go talk with Bitcoiners and and scheme about how we're going to change the world. Um, so there's a lot of Bitcoiners there, but like, uh, isn't there a lot of like liberals like moving in? Like, are you worried about that? No, no. There, are, yes, there are a lot of um, I guess what many would self-identify as liberals, uh, but I think there's a lot of so you, you have this exodus from. I came from New York. There's a lot of people coming from California. My next door neighbor um, is a refugee from Chicago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I met, uh, I had a lovely dinner with him over the weekend. And what I find most of the people moving here from out of state uh, tend to, uh, I hate like uh, dividing people by political lines, but they tend to uh, align philosophically with what, what, I, what I believe you and I uh, align philosophically on. Um, I think there's people who got fed up with the tyranny in, in these states, whether it be uh, via forced or prevented bodily movement or simply just overtaxing, uh, and, they, and they want to go to place, a place that respects uh, their, their body, bodily autonomy and uh, their, their ability to save and preserve capital and not be taxed out the ass. And um, so that's yeah. what I've found personally, is that it's people who want to come here uh, for the freedom and the low tax rates and uh, they're going to get here and, and fight for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm luckily like I, I could even move there. Uh, we actually just moved to Calgary like a year ago. So we probably not going to move unless we really get scared of what's happening up here, but I could probably do it personally because uh, I can run the company remote, um, but I can't move the company that easily because we got, a, we got machinery and equipment and people and that's not easy to relocate. Um, but it's uh it's becoming really difficult to do business in canada uh like this covid shit like they i just like hired a an apprentice electrician for example uh so like he doesn't have covid he was he apparently was contact traced to someone who had covid and uh he was called up said yep you were your name's on this list you were next to this fucking person that like <laughs> got covid and therefore you have to stay home for two weeks so now all of a sudden I get this new hire, like he's supposed to come in and helps out and, Oh, I get a call. No, nope, he's got to stay home for two weeks. And that keeps happening. Like I had COVID has ran through the shop. Um, I believe me and you actually caught the same COVID in Miami, mm -hmm. uh, except you had ivermectin. I didn't. So I had to suffer for two weeks, but uh, unfortunately, uh, but 
and it, and it did sort of suck, man. It was like, it was, uh, I didn't want to get off the couch for two weeks. It was yeah, not, not I great. Had, I had terrible headaches and fever for like three days. And then luckily the ivermectin kicked in. Yeah. Yeah. We can't get that up here. See, like it's, uh, it's literally like you will lose your medical license if you recommend that to someone. Um, but anyway, we had, uh, you know, cases of COVID run through a shop. So I've had several guys now, uh, get COVID and like actually get it and they're sick. And so they, of course they're going to stay home anyway, but like it's, uh, between getting COVID and then just like the, the contact stuff and the rules, like they make you, they send you home and, and mandate it. And so if I, what am I going to say as a business owner? Oh yeah. Like don't listen to them. Come on in and work. You're fine. Uh, I can't say anything like that. And, uh, so it's a huge disruption to business. And then obviously the macro side of things, you're having complete global supply chain breakdowns over all this stuff, yeah, it's bad. which is also making business extremely difficult. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's bad. We actually had a COVID run through our manufacturing facility too, a great American mining. Um, we got, we got the double whammy. We had hurricane Ida uh, and then like a COVID outbreak at the, at the, manufacturing facility um yeah and so yeah that was a disruption and the, the supply chain stuff's frankly scary uh yeah i had a gentleman ross kennedy on the show last week who's sort of an expert on on ports and, and trucking and he was describing the situation it doesn't seem like there's an easy fix unless you uh get creative with with solutions and that the government uh is is nowhere near uh getting creative like it, it seems like we're at a point where private industry just needs to take the bull by the horns and start ignoring uh the kleptocrats uh, and the political class and then just start trying to figure figure out things up by ourselves but i don't know if anybody has the balls to actually do it it's hard though you know like uh there's so many at the small scale like small businesses there's so many like that in canada even like rural canada especially like rural you always get more conservative mindsets right outside of cities and uh well there's one actually in calgary here there's a there's one uh, pizza place i went to support them uh, last week i went and ate some pizza there because they're actually called without papers which is funny enough uh they're awesome. an old italian based pizza place and and they it's been around in Calgary for a long, long time. And they named their pizza place without papers because they, it has something to do with like, they escaped like some, uh, I don't know if it was Italy or wherever, like some regime where, yeah, there's a bit of a story behind the business anyway. And so they're really anti uh, this kind of thing, like people uh, <laughs> asking for papers. And it, funny enough, they're called without papers. And then they, uh, they came out publicly on Instagram saying, we are not mandating this vaccine passport. And I just read a news article a week later. So, uh, you know, I went to eat some pizza there because I was like, yeah, good for you. Like, I'm going to give you some money and some uh, business. And uh, so me and my buddies went there. And uh, now a week later, I think they're still open, but they, the CBC, like our government mouthpiece, like the mouth of Sauron up here in Canada, uh, has, has keeps writing shit. And like they, they're saying how, you know, they're, they're getting inspected and fined out of into oblivion. It's just fucking nuts. Like, uh, yeah, like it's impossible to run a small business and then doing it in a large business. Like I would love to come out and be like, cause at my business, I'm not mandating freaking vaccines. I don't care. So, uh, I don't think it's my place in society to tell uh, another person, especially like my employees who I'm supposed to care for, um, to get a, 
to get a vaccine or to get anything like it's not my business. And, uh, but if I was to say, if I was to openly, uh, obviously I'm on my personal Twitter, you know, I, I'm a vocal, but, uh, like if as a business, I said, you know, we're not mandating this, I'd have health inspectors show up and like, and like they'd have the right to enter my building and do whatever they wanted. Uh, it's fucking scary. Like, that's why I'm, I'm worried about it. And with these people, like, you don't know, like they, they could just have a, have it out for you for any reason like uh and say yeah these guys are gonna make an example of them uh sort of like and i'm, I'm not and then you know like I'm, I'm thinking of other things like you probably read that article with that bitcoin miner in alberta fined seven million dollars uh by the auc um for bullshit what is effectively bullshit like from what i've read in the article so from yeah, well, the facts of that case well, that's what i'm talking about these health and safety inspectors and regulators, like they, they just think it's okay to go and make examples of people and just like find them out of business. It's like, my God, you guys have never ran a business before. And wh whatever happened to employing people and like, wasn't that a good thing to make jobs? Like, but now you're just, they're doing the opposite. They're just crushing jobs everywhere they can. But, but that regulator, yeah, they, uh, it's actually called the Alberta Utilities Commission. So supposedly they have governance over all power generation in Alberta um, that meets certain certain requirements. Um, so I'm actually trying to figure out exactly why they have jurisdiction over this Bitcoin miner, because I've been building gensets for oil companies. And if it wasn't me building them, it's them supplying gensets for years. And we've never had to uh, deal with this regulator. So I don't understand what jurisdiction they have. So I'm sort of looking into that now to see like, okay, is my business or my customers exposed? But I mean, the gist of it is like they, this company, I can't even remember their name. Uh, they built a Bitcoin mine. They, they, they went ahead about it. It sounds like in a really stupid way. They didn't notify the landowners that they got a big noisy uh, power plant there and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, didn't, didn't do the normal due diligence that you do, like get landowner nearby land homeowners, like, like, at least notify them and make them aware of it and see if they have any objections and then obviously build it build it in a way that's like quiet so i don't think they did anything quiet and they pissed off the landowners and then they you know it, it escalated and so the regulator who i think is now seeing bitcoin miners flourish right in the oil field like uh between companies like ours but you also have like you got so many guys that are just doing it, doing little operations on their own, right? They know how to get a gen set. They go build a chicken shack, they're mining coins and they might be doing it unsafely. They might not be following regulations. And I, these guys, I think they decided to make an example of this company by finding them their entire revenue they projected for that entire period as if, as if they have no operating expenses and like, as if they're not helping uh, the local economy, this is fucking nuts. Not only nuts, it's disgusting. It what? is. It, it's just anti-business, right? It's like everyone up here is worried about our economy or jobs, but here they go running around like they're some like prophet from God and they can just, you know, without citing any critical safety. It's one thing to shut a guy down or find him up the, up the ass if they got like a major safety infraction, right? Or, or they killed someone on site or, or you know, something. But to go do all this uh, just because it's like a noise complaint or like whatever, like it didn't didn't fully follow. Someone installed it without going through the regulatory approvals. Like who gives a shit? Like like worry about 
getting that resolved, but you don't have to find someone out of business. So you got, you got regulators just running around up here, health and safety people, electrical inspectors, uh, regulators, like whether it's restaurants, whether it's industrial, just shutting people down and making examples of people um, at the worst time. Like it just makes no sense. A bunch of megalomaniac teachers' pets running around and ruining life for the rest of society. <laughs> yeah, Good. definitely. All brown nosing, like uh, government lackeys, basically, is what I mean, these people are. They don't add any value. They're not doing anything innovative. They're not bringing any new ideas to the market. They're not providing utility, new utility that, that individuals in the economy need. They're literally just taking away value, making it harder to innovate and, and provide value to your fellow citizens it's we live in well, we, we have this state of uh um okay so like whether we're talking medical like doctors and and what what they're you know they're infringing on what i think is human rights but like you have licensed doctors uh there's licensed doctors in canada like career doctors who are great at their jobs that want to want to treat their patients with something like ivermectin and uh which is pretty much really low risk like i could probably pop some ivermectin now for a laugh and have no problems right like it's it'd be fine yeah it'd be totally fine and it's this low risk option but they don't allow a licensed professional what's the point of having a license if you're not allowed to practice your expertise so they they're just like these these like these nannies are like not allowing licensed professionals to do what they're licensed to do. That's the whole point of being licensed is you are given the right to make decisions because you've been vetted and you've gone through the proper schooling and you passed and you understand that you have say the public's best interest in the case of medicine, like you have your patient's best interest at heart. There should be no, it should go no further than that. It should be, it stops at the, at the licensed medical practitioner. There shouldn't be the Alberta health services saying, okay, well, if you do this, you're banned from doing work. And if you don't rec like I posted on Twitter recently, these fucking crazy bastards are like pushing my wife who's pregnant uh, and about to, we're about to have her first kid, uh, you know, in about three weeks, maybe. Congratulations, and, by the way. Thanks, man. I'm super excited, but they're like, it just, I can't tell you how mad it makes me that like, I'm not even, first of all, I'm not even allowed to go to her medical appointments. I don't want to, but even if I did, I'm not allowed in. Hey, you should want to go. Or... Oh, I, I, I want to go to the ultrasounds. I've been to the ultrasounds, but like the, uh, when she has a personal meeting with her doctor, uh, the rules are now you can't bring like your husband if you wanted to, like he's, you can't. He's dirty. Yeah, he's dirty and he's unvaxxed, but uh, they're, they're like pushing on her. Like they keep, scare like fear mongering and saying like i posted the letter right but every time she goes to the doctor like oh you're not vaxxed you better get a vaccine you better get a vaccine before you could have complications with your birth it's like you guys don't know fucking anything what about... no i'm telling you they're saying and if he that... doesn't get it she could have complications yeah so without without being a medical expert like obviously i'm not i understand uh, certain basics and like this whole fucking like these strings of vaccines are relatively new. You don't have enough data to tell someone with certainty like they are that they should be getting a vaccine else they're in trouble. Like they'll have risks. It's like, you guys have no fucking idea. And me and my wife had COVID. I brought it back from Miami and gave it to her. Uh, so we both had the same strain. 
me and you and the wife and everyone else that went to that conference. <laughs> and uh, I gave, I like, so the doctor she has knows that she had it. And it's like, well, why would we get a vaccine at this point when we had it and are, we're more immune than you are? Like, so why would we, why would we do this? And why would I put our child at risk? Like, even if it's like infinitesimal, why would you do that? It just doesn't make any sense. And uh, it's just craziness. And then, so yeah, you got, and I'm, look, I'm a licensed engineer, right? So I'm an engineer in Canada uh, to be an engineer. You have to go through the schooling, accredited schooling. I uh, had to put in, I put in six years. Um, usually it's four years, but I did this like co-op program. So I did engineering schooling for six years. I actually had to take a vow uh, when I got my license not to hurt the public, uh, basically in a nutshell, right? Like not to intentionally or knowingly put the public and the environment at risk and stuff. So like I have a license, I pay for that. Um, I'm a professional. I will not... Um, I would not install or build anything that I had any reasonable doubt that it would put anyone's health and, and any, any, have any risk blowing up, you know, or anything like that. But meanwhile, you got, that's the other thing. You got this, these nanny health and safety people that run around. I have like electrical inspectors, like on some of these sites we installed locally. And they're like telling me, oh yeah, that cable that you got there on the ground. Yeah. It meets code, but it's a tripping hazard. It's a fucking tripping hazard, buddy. It's like, that's not your jurisdiction. That's like the, the site owner, you know, that's his yeah. thing. Like, oh, is he, is he worried about that one little cable running for four feet, you know, from that little generator to that building? Like that is a big safety hazard. And he's like, no, you got to come out and fix that. So I got to send a guy out to right? labor and time. And it's like, you, you're fucking nuts. Like, it's not your everyone ever all these regulators whether it's it's everyone like tied to health and safety like whether it's actual uh medical or if it's like just industrial workplace they are they are just they are they got too much power like way too much power and they don't these licensed professionals that we 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 study for like it, it just throws it out the window why am i a professional engineer uh why am i light paying for my license if i have these nannies telling me that i have to do yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You can probably make the case too. Like uh, you could run the data, the likelihood of somebody getting injured from tripping over that cord versus driving to go fix that problem. Uh, I, I assume driving to go fix the problem is probably riskier. Than, uh, than yeah. Cord These guys don't do risk analysis though. Like they don't, they just like, they think they have this divine right to enforce, make everyone do whatever they say. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, as we both know, it's because they have infinite money. And if we uh, keep mining coins, hopefully, hopefully we eventually uh, defund the government's ability to fund this bullshit. Well, this is a good segue. We've been talking about problems, uh, frustrations. Let's talk about solutions. You're building some of these solutions, some very important solutions to ensure that Bitcoin is sufficiently distributed uh, therefore, uh, sufficiently robust against attacks and therefore sufficiently able to provide the world with a peer-to-peer -peer distributed cash system that can help us defund the nanny state. You've been putting out a lot of cool products since the last time we spoke. Forget exactly when that was, but you've launched the, the black box. You're getting pretty, pretty heavily into the generation business, which you alluded to earlier, power generation. Um, and you, you're, uh, spitting out different size hash huts as well. What, what is 
upstream data looking like these days? Yeah, it's been fun. Um, uh, fun in some ways, uh, not fun in others. Like uh, I find that like, I think I'm okay at like managing a business, like, okay. Like, I don't think it's what I want to do. I eventually I want to find someone to be like my right hand to actually manage my business. Cause I'm better at actually just like designing and I don't know, engineering, like not actually being like the CEO or president. So that, that's like the, the, don't tell it, yourself it, short. well, it's good and bad. Like I, I, there's, there's fun aspects of, managing the business and then there's days i'm like i just want to like fucking like end it all and like sell it all like honestly uh it's made me very moody like uh i have great days where everything's going well i have days where some customer you know they're having an issue or complaining and you know that always i take that personally so uh it's uh it's a it's a roller coaster but uh you know things have been well like i haven't launched the black box yet um i'm what i'm trying to do with that so anyone doesn't know what that is, it's just a little mining box that you can park outside your house. It's just a, it's supposed to be weatherproof and soundproof. So you could run your ASICs in the box and just get all that problems outside the home, like this, the fire hazard, the sound, et cetera, the heat. But uh, right now with that, I'm just trying to figure out exactly uh, when we launch it. Cause I think we'll probably sell a, maybe a couple hundred, uh, and then it would just be a, you know, a product we have for people when they want it. But say we uh, like the logistics is actually the, how exactly do I ship these to the U S customers? Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, what's holding me up right now is I'm actually just trying to figure out who's the right distribution partners on that. Um, Cause we need someone with facilities uh, like basically be able to receive a truckload of boxes and then package them up and ship them off to the, uh, the, the end users. So that's sort of what's holding me up there. But uh, I'm really excited about that box because um, it's working really well. Like uh, I, it's, it's, it's just a box and it's, uh, you know, it's nothing special really, but I'm pleased with how it's working. Like I was, wasn't sure about a few things like air restrictions and stuff, but it's all working really well. So I think uh, it'll be a cool little product for people. Um, and so that that's that's a fun little thing because I've always wanted to. I've always personally believed that home mining, um, home and like more distributed, say commercial, small commercial, like people with commercial shops with excess power, like every every little commercial shop, like warehouse or like small manufacturing facility has like big, big uh, electrical panels and service to the shop. So I always want to do something that would work for them. And so this little box. Uh, I might end up turning it into a bigger box as well uh, for a bigger power, but I like the idea of catering to that market because I, I like that market. I like the pleb miners. I really like the pleb miners. Like I like uh, I like seeing what the creative pleb miners are doing and like and their passion and stuff. The immersion I, systems that the plebs are pulling out are very yeah. impressive these days. Oh yeah, they're sick. Yeah, they're absolutely sick. So there's a couple guys doing those that are they're doing a really good job with it. And uh, yeah, between the immersion, just like even the air cool, just seeing the guy, like what people uh, rig up uh, on their own at home, often first timers and their own ideas. It's really cool to see. So I've always wanted to, with our cup business, like how can we do something for that market? Like something, like anything. So that was sort of what the little black box is all about is trying to 
get get a presence in that market really yeah so i think i think it's a cool market what can you fit in there two miners four miners uh, yeah we're gonna probably launch it with two versions like one is a smaller version with you could put one s19 in there or two s9s and the other one would be double that so like two s19s or four s9s because i think that's the max that like the general you probably wouldn't go much more than that at your average household yeah. um because that's already a lot like one s19 is like gonna probably triple your power bill so <laughs> uh but the cool thing about it is like as you know like uh the hardware has been like you know um for lack of a better term like com commoditizing mm -hmm. so like s9 is like no one would have said say back in 2016 when they came out like publicly came out no one would have said like s9s will be around at 2021 right everyone, everyone would have said no they'll be obsolete by 2018 or like 20 2017 but that they're holding their value longer and it's trending that way especially with supply chain shortages and chip efficiency like peaking you would you'd think that this home mining stuff is becoming more and more of a good investment because you buy this hardware worst case you know you resell it in five years you probably recover half your investment or more like depending on when you time that resale or when you time your buy and your sale because well shit like people were buying s9s for 25 30 bucks a year ago a year and a half ago. last year yeah it's insane yeah yeah so it, it's all about you know mining there's a lot of, a lot of is about timing so uh i i think the home mining market and and as we're, we're both on the same page because i listen to you and matt all the time like we're on the same page about privacy and like non-kyc and uh <clears throat> you know having coins that no one knows you have and what better way to do that with mining really right yeah, it's, so. it's the perfect vehicle to do it. And I think more and more people are, are getting into it, which has been very refreshing to see over the last six months, particularly. There's a, a lot of enthusiasm around individual mining, um, which is good on in many yeah. regards. People getting no KYC Bitcoin and then more granular uh, individual ownership of hash rate and physical um distribution of that hash rate production it's a beautiful yeah. thing to see absolutely and i uh i don't know what you think but like i often repeat myself on twitter but like uh i think that the maxis are like the fiat maxis are coming to coming for surveilled coins like they're gonna like get oh, yeah. dirty dirty mitts on it like they're gonna I don't know. Like, I don't know what exchanges to disclose from their customers, probably everything, but like there's certain exchanges, like even in Canada that like, I wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole because you're just basically giving all your information to the, to the government and to the, to the authorities and for better, or for worse, it's usually for worse uh, with these guys. So they, I mean, they're in politics, like old, your old, your, your good friend, Janet Yellen down there is uh, oh talking about like unrealized capital gains tax, isn't she? <sighs> so chances are that that will come to Canada before the US. Like those, Canada always implements crazy shit before the US does. So like that kind of thing, I could see that happening and who knows what kind of regulations they're gonna throw on uh, everything related to cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin. Um, so I think the market isn't really pricing in the value of uh, of mining, like like mining and, and getting coins non-KYC at home or wherever, whether it's industrial at home. So, 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's two factor, right? It's that like the non KYC. If the regulators do try to bifurcate the network in some regards via forced KYC of of miners that are that are larger, more public, um, you have that, and then just like pure liquidity providing too. Like at some point, as Bitcoin becomes more popular, and governments and central banks around the world continue to print, 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 and people turn to Bitcoin, like I think within the decade, you're going to see the inability of uh, OTC desk to provide the level of liquidity that they can today. And there's going to have to be liquidity pools uh, that miners are providing directly to, to individuals looking to get into Bitcoin. Um, so there's that True. aspect as well. Yeah, um, but I don't like. I don't like to get like. Do you think we're sort of hitting an inflection point? Do you think people, more and more people, are are beginning to recognize that the emperor wears no clothes? Especially as we approach two years into these global economic. And it's not a full lockdown now, but it's it's pretty pretty constricted. Like, I'm looking for civil disobedience at the corporate level. Like, I'm hoping, particularly here in the United States, that corporations publicly traded or private whether i don't care what it is begin to stand up and just say fuck you get away from us like enough yeah. is enough. like you have borked the whole global economy uh like we've seen the whole esg narrative is crumbling in front of our in front of our faces yeah. it's a beautiful thing to see with this energy hyper with the supply like, chains you have energy yeah. Supply chains, yeah well I think that as long as businesses are using their fucking garbage money, like their fiat, uh, they're not going to do much for standing up. Like businesses that are tied to fiat only. Um, I think like me and you, like our businesses have more freedom to uh, do anything, whether it's move, whether it's like, uh, you know, not comply with certain things that are just immoral or uh, certainly against our best interests in business <clears throat> because we have um at least i assume you do like i have to assume you guys do a gam but like upstream we have part of our treasuries in fiat because we need to pay fiat bills the other parts in bitcoin and only one part only one treasury can they confiscate or freeze the other one they can't touch um not without direct like violence so um uh, yeah, it's like, you know, these companies, especially these big corporations, right? Like all these big corporations, like I am hopeful that like, like what you would see, like uh, some people start standing up and saying like, we have to like actually get back to a real normal doing business. But a lot of these corporations, like uh, you will even look at oil companies, like these are big companies. They're all, they're already bought out. That's why I'm so always on online about like, don't sell your equity to fiat maximalist because I'm seeing what's happening. And uh, I almost sold equity once or twice to Fiat Maximalist in this company, but I had like reservations about it. So I didn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm quite happy in hindsight. I didn't because they always come with strings attached. And uh, like you got big corporations, most big corporations actually are, are debt slaves to the Fiat hierarchy. Um, so honestly, you got these like, basically like transitory transitionary CEOs like coming in, coming and going, right. That they don't give a fuck really because they're just getting paid a shit ton and they get a big golden parachute no matter what happens. So they're coming in like being placed around the business. So they, they don't give a shit about 
mandating vaccine passports because they don't really care about their employees. Um, they just, they're just there doing what their board of directors and their investors, like the creditors, especially their creditors, like the people that have lent the money are telling them they have to do. If you want to be an oil company and get money, well, you better suck this ESG dick or you're not getting anything. Like you're not getting any more credit. You're, you're recalling your debt. Like that's what they're basically doing to them. Yeah. Well, Right. Well, there are, there, thank God there are still some natural market forces that are able to push back like that ESG dick that many are being forced to suck is, is feeding them toxic uh, chemicals that are killing or it's a cyanide, it's a cyanide nut, if you will. Uh, and like we're seeing that like ESG is, it's untenable. Like it, it, it literally does not provide positive uh returns it does not provide uh, beneficial outcomes in the real world uh, it's making electricity less reliable more expensive and and more scarce uh and there's creditors at the end of the day too like they're going to lose money if they if they keep pushing this narrative they're going to lose that money that they lent out because the the companies that they lent it to are not going to be able to produce re revenues and profits that allow them to pay back that debt plus interest like i think Thank God there are still some natural market forces at play here that like just say, Hey, this is not going to work. Like you can, you can try to, to force this shit down uh, everybody's throats, but uh, it's not, it's not going to end well. Um, I'm, I'm actually becoming more and more optimistic. Like we're, I don't know. I can't tell for sure what's going on in the airline industry here in the United States. It seems that, I'm hearing rumors that Southwest Airlines pilots and uh, some air traffic controllers and some airports around the country are, are doing quote-unquote sick outs where they're using all their sick days uh, in a coordinated fashion to sort of disrupt that industry, particularly because there's very strong vaccine mandates. So it's a form of civil disobedience that I very much support. I'm happy to see. But again, I can't confirm if it's actually happening. It's, it's hard to discern because the mainstream media isn't covering it. Uh, the unions are coming out saying, oh, it's not happening, but it's like, eh, yeah, it's the weather. And stuff. Yeah, it's the weather. It's a fucking 70 and sunny. Uh, it's uh, there used to be a time where lying like that was frowned upon and right? it was, uh, it would damage your business reputation to go out and lie like that. But nowadays it doesn't fucking matter. I Especially mean, the, supposed to be a journalist we're actually like trying to reveal facts to people it's like there's if if it is the case that they're just, uh sweeping it under the carpet it's like journalism's dead at least uh, the mainstream version of it oh yeah it certainly is i mean of all industries that should be against like lockdowns and vaccine passports it should be the airline industry because if you run a business and you're told that like or you're you're having to do things that's crushing your business like what happened to airlines this last like two years like they went to shit like there wasn't all over the world there was like i have to assume the amount of flights like the amount of air travel just went just plummeted right um you'd think that they'd be some of the most anti-lockdown businesses but the problem of course is that uh, I don't, I can't speak as much to the airlines in the U S but all the airlines in Canada are owned by the government. So it's not, they've all, all the ones that were private in Canada, I think WestJet used to like there's WestJet and Air Canada, the two major ones in, Air, in Canada, Canada is, has an oligopoly on basically every major industry, telecom, uh, travel, it's all oligopolies or monopolies up here. But, uh, I mean, like 
WestJet and Air Canada should be the, the most anti-lockdown businesses out there because they, they want to protect their fucking revenue, like to protect their business, like travel. But they're actually the most pro for it because they're not actually businesses. They're just arms of the government pretending to be businesses. Because long ago, like WestJet, whenever it started privately, it was it, it was uh, went bankrupt and got bailed out and became a zombie corporation. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, for at every level, it's uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like when you whether you're bailed out, whether you're in debt, or whether you sold equity to these fiat maximalists, they will work. They they you will become you will become a slave to them. Like that's what I'm seeing. And I feel like what a lot of Bitcoiners don't get is like some, I think a lot of Bitcoiners are still on a fiat mindset where um, they're very quick to say, if someone offers them a really good valuation, they're like, you know, yeah, come on in, buy into my company and stuff. But yeah, but I think it's more important to vet who's what control they have. Certainly with their, if you're going to let them in the company, I'm not saying don't sell uh, shares or anything, but like really vet who's going to, who they are, what they're going to rep represent and bring to the company and what strings are attached. Cause I think I've seen a few deals like where I'm like, man, like, yeah, you, you raise it a sick valuation, but you just, uh, here's a good example. And this is not to shit on our mutual competitor, like Crusoe, but Crusoe has investors now who I would have to imagine. I didn't ask like Chase, like I talked to Chase once in a while. I didn't ask him directly, but like, like I believe Crusoe, for example, won't just because, you know, we're both, we both know a lot about this industry, but like Crusoe won't go after uh, non call it waste gas. So like they'll go after flaring, of course, which they specialize in. They'll go after probably venting, uh, which is at a smaller scale, like in terms of volumes, but they won't go after say like, they won't work with a midstream company and like, Oh, a midstream company wants to come buy your equipment. Crusoe or like lease it or whatever. I don't think they actually service that market. So I look at it like, well, that could be just fundamentally what everyone in the business there believes. But I think there's a good chance that even if, uh, if the owners over there wanted to pivot, I think they'd have a hard time with their investors because their, their investors are uh, so deep into the ESG stuff. They wouldn't accept that. So I'm not trying to put words in anyone's mouth over there, but like, that's the way I look at it. Cause I'm like, why well, run my business? Like we have the same similar style business. Um, we do a lot of the same stuff, like same, maybe variations on our business models and products, but like upstream data, like we don't censor or like uh, we don't like not go to like, if a guy has gas, I don't give a shit what kind of gas it is. Like if I can give you a product that's going to help you and uh, we're going to get paid. I'm selling it to you. Like I just run a business like a business and I don't worry about that ESG stuff. Yeah. No, neither do we at great American mining. Obviously we go after a lot of flair as well. Um, it's a lot of low hanging fruit for us, but uh, we're agnostic. Oh, we do too. Yeah. Like, and there's a whole reason why you go after that and it makes total sense. But like to say, like if you had a guy, uh, and I don't know the details of your business model, but like if someone came to you guys and said, Hey, I want to pay you a bunch of money to build me this, and it's going to be on my gas. Well, you're probably not, you're probably not going to make your decision based on, Oh, it's a gas well. And I don't want to increase gas well production. What's the all in cost? And carbon. What's yeah. You're just going to be, cost? yeah. You're going to be like, well, is this going to benefit us as a business? Yes. And you're going to do it. You're not going to worry about, I don't think you guys would worry about like the ESG component of his application. Um, so, I mean, that's just one 
example of when you have people call it strings attached to your business that I think as Bitcoiners, um, because we don't need, uh, unlike a fiat business that only deals in fiat, like a just regular old business, like even if you're just comparing one restaurant versus another, well, the one, the restaurant with the Bitcoin treasury, like, like Tahini is my favorite. Awesome. Um, yeah, they, uh, they're going to crush their competition and, um, they're not going to be beholden to their creditors because they're going to have this fucking magic internet money. That's going to boost them and they can just pay off their fucking debts that they might've started their business with and just cut those guys out of their company. Like out the strings, they'll cut those strings attached and be a self-sovereign like a uh, Bitcoin business. And that's, well, that is a solution. I think is more businesses doing that. I think it's happening, dude. I think yeah. ESG, again, I think ESG is going to fail. And let's, is another good segue. Cause you were tweeting about, I believe yesterday, the day before like crew energy up in Canada, right? Like just nonchalantly like announced in a, in an investor relations report, like, Oh yeah, we have like 11 Bitcoin data mining centers in the field. We're mining Bitcoin. Um, like, so how do you see this progressing in the, like, do you see Bitcoin mining, with this stranded gas or this undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry, sort of emboldening the industry to begin fighting back against the terrible ESG narrative. Um, I would, I don't know if it'll embolden them. Um, and I certainly don't see any public companies like crew, even who, who's been a good uh, business partner uh, doing anything. So you publicly. got there. I didn't, I didn't realize that's they're working with. They're using, Hashots? Yeah, we we over the years they've been a good business partner. Yeah, yeah, oh, they yeah. bought a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, but uh, they they um, them and every other oil company I work with, like no one seems to be like wanting to like crew as you saw, and I I put that tweet out there. Like I never said anything about crew before. Um, I always wanted to, and I asked them if we could do like a pub, like a press release and stuff, but they don't want to do it. Um, and I don't blame them, uh, but the, that was the first time any of our customers actually publicly let it slip that they're doing like self mining, like mining their own coins and, uh, or at least talking about Bitcoin mining, like in, in a press release. Um, I would like to see more oil companies do that. I think, it, I think I actually believe if, if, uh, an oil company, especially a smaller one, especially if they're publicly traded, if they came out and said like, we are bullish on Bitcoin, we're going to be converting all of our waste gas to Bitcoin. They, you would see their price there. You'd see their stock price, like fucking go insane. When you like, said crew just had like it nonchalantly, you said their, their stocks up 75% since the, you know, well they are. And I'm hoping some of that's due to like the market, seeing what they're doing and them owning it. Not like pretending. Not oils, oils going up. Yeah. Well. Oil and gas is going up. Um, so it's hard to say, but uh, I think there. I think people will see. Um, I want to see them succeed. I want to see. That was the whole point of me being like, guys, like if you, they're a small cap at the time. They're still pretty small cap. And I was like, guys, if you go out and own what you're doing, like you were, they were basically my first customer, and they were doing it way before anyone thought it was cool. And I was like, guys, if you go out and just own this, you will get so much goodwill in the public markets. Like, I think you will. And, but, um, you know, I, I, like every, you know, the, the owners of that business and the people high up probably look at it. Like I don't talk to them directly. So they probably look at it and be like, well, 
it's a risk. Like it's a risk to go own this like publicly. Hey, we might, it hey, might crew, crew executive board. You got to risk it for the biscuit, baby. You want to get out of the small <laughs> cap? You want to get the medium, large cap? Risk it. Put yourselves out there. Totally. Totally, man. Like, so I think a play, like if I was a little oil and gas company, uh, which I've still want to do one day, I just can't find any time to like organize and buy a few wells. But, um, I, that's what I would do. Like, first of all, I'd never go public. Like, fuck that. That's yeah. That's the, that's how you get the fiat maxis in your company. But like, uh, certainly if I was a little small cap oil and gas company and I was public, I would just pivot about like, we're going to do, we're going to pump this oil and all this gas, we're going to fucking mine the coins with it. And we're going to have a Bitcoin treasury and investing in us is a proxy to investing in Bitcoin mining. And we're going to have the lowest, like we're going to have this low cost of coin production. We're going to have this perfect ESG narrative because we're just capturing all of our waste gas. Like it's like the no brainer. Like, I don't know why uh it's still taking this long for an oil and gas company to do this like someone's gotta you know pull up their belt and and be a boss and go do it it's gonna happen dude i'm sure adam's told you about what's going on at the houston bitcoin meetup i mean all the big yeah. boys are there all the medium size guys are there all the private public whatever it may be all shapes and sizes they're all there they're all yeah. excited someone's gonna do it it's gonna happen um you, yeah and yeah, someone's going to do it. Um, and I think they're going to see, um, especially if they're public and they start owning it and, and memeing it and getting all the, the army of plebs to meme them up. They're going to just fucking like kill it. They're going to kill it because it, it killed it. They got the ESG narrative in the bag with it. They got the Bitcoiners on their side. Like, how do you lose? Like, you don't lose. You have the best. You have the dream meme team behind you in the Bitcoin. The yeah. and then you had ted cruz talking about it yeah. last week like talking about flare mining and that's the other thing too like we are in the process of completely shifting the bitcoin energy narrative like we just need to keep leaning in like bitcoin makes us energy efficient it's going to usher in this energy renaissance yeah. it's going to incentivize cheap abundant energy production for the world which is going to help uplift people out of poverty it's the the most incredible thing that we could do for the energy industry right now is is implement bitcoin mining throughout the value chain that exists there and it's happening uh, bitcoin is not destroying the planet it's actually making it safer more secure uh we're going to take control we're taking control of the narrative steve we're going to win we're going to win i have no doubt we're going to win um well no doubt at all i my doubt doubt about bitcoiners winning went away like a couple of years ago um Cause you keep trying to find reasons to doubt it. And then like someone explains to you why, you know, like it's that, that worry is not legit. One thing I am worried about though, is, um, and I tweet about this and I, a lot of Bitcoiners tweet about this over the years, but like, I just have this like dread, this feeling of dread that, uh, <clears throat> that, that, well, the Fiat maxis who are the enemy are, um, going to rug pull the industry by uh, manufacturing a huge insolvency event. And okay. then they're going to walk me through this. I, what I, what I suspect, like, I always think about things. Like I try to think about things adversarially. Like how would I, you're, you're, with the Bitcoin you're a Boscule student. You're a student of the Boscule stool of yeah. uh, Bitcoin adversarial. Thinking. Yeah, I am. I, I do really respect that man. Um, I do as well. Yeah, I like his I like his mindset and I don't even agree with everything uh, he puts out, but I like his mindset. And I think it's the right mindset. And uh, 
and I put myself in that mindset. So I'm looking at like, so I'll explain how I, this has even affected my own business business in, in my own way I do Bitcoin. But like, I'm really worried that uh, the fiat maxis who own all the major exchanges, because they basically, Coinbase is a fiat maximalist company. Like they, they're not Bitcoiners at Coinbase. They're fucking like, snitches, dude. They're spooks, they're snitches. They want, they want to surveil every customer. They want own, they want to own you, like just like every other fiat maxi. And uh, they literally just murdered Jay Stark in Germany. Like <laughs> Coinbase did. <laughs> oh, because of the, apparently they released uh, some information, right? Yeah, they coordinate with the feds to dox him to 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 pinpoint him, and he uh, he got he had a heart attack at twenty eight. At twenty eight, yeah. yeah. No, I know stuff like that worries me too, right? Because <laughs> like, like you, you're a big voice. You and Matt are a big privacy voice. So like, a guy would be worried about you know what he sees. <laughs> so yeah, I've resigned myself to that. Whatever, it's whatever. Well, me too. I mean, like if I didn't run upstream data and I wasn't effectively a salesman, right. And you are too, you're a salesman for your podcast, you're a salesman for GAM and any other thing you're involved with Bitcoin. But if I, if I was just getting into the space, I would not like announce any, I would do the pseudonymous, what do you, how do you say that word? Like the pseudonymous, like uh, I wouldn't reveal my name on Twitter. Like I'd use VPNs. Like I'd do all that and just practice extreme privacy. Yeah. But people think, People think I'm naive, but I think there is power too in putting your face out there. I mean, like, hey, I'm oh, a, I agree. I'm a name. Yeah. I believe in this. You should too. You shouldn't be afraid to. This is virtuous. This is what the world needs. I'm not yeah. ashamed to admit it. I'm not ashamed to put my neck out there and say it. If oh no, it, totally. Yeah, somebody, you're owning it. You're putting your reputation on it. Your name on it. Absolutely. Some alphabet it's soup uh, agency it's wants to suicide me for believing this. I think that says more about them than it does me. So. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, please don't totally. suicide me. My, F I'm my FBI agent, <laughs> I know you're listening. I've yeah. Got a, I've got a young family. I've got a lot of good potential. I donate to good causes. I, like, I think I'm bringing good things to the world, okay? Please I think we all are collectively like uh, more than any other group, not because we're special, but just because what Bitcoin represents. Well, let me, I'll just sort of finish this whole Fiat Maxi attack vector that I'm worried about. Um, like, I think that I'm not going to say like Coinbase is doing it directly, but between all the custodians out there, the exchanges, they're selling Bitcoin that they don't have. So they're, they're fractioning their own reserves. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's no, there, it's pretty much impossible that if you, if you look at every custodian in the world and we wouldn't even be able to identify them all in aggregate, they fraction the reserve to some degree. Like some people are scamming and selling coins. They don't actually own. And they're running like a Ponzi scheme and they're, they're giving coins back to the early people that want their coins back. And then it's just getting, they're leveraging and leveraging up. They're doing like effectively what MT Gox did, uh, whether they're hacked or stole the coins or not, but they're, they're fractioning the reserves. Right. So historically you look at in history, like bank runs are inevitable. Like eventually if you're fracturing the reserve, if you don't have the reserve, uh, there's going to be some event that sparks fear and you're going to have a mass panic and everyone's going to run and try to grab their Bitcoins. So the way I look at it is like, if I was like uh, Janet Yellen or like these fucking tools that love the fiat, I would, uh, I would be through my, through the machinations of like, you know, how central banking money is created and distributed in the system. I'd be, I'd be buying up these uh, 
custodial services and orchestrating like basically fraud and selling coins they don't actually have in true reserve. And also, of course, as you know, like if you're a business and even if you have 100% coins in reserve, if you have liabilities against those coins, that might trump the depositors. Mm -hmm. uh, so like if you have a lien on your company or you have, I, and I don't know how, I don't know specifically what would trump like a, like if I gave you my coins in custody and you're a custodian, I don't know what, what rights would trump my own as the person that deposited them. But like there are, would be things like, you know, there could be liens on the company liabilities, uh, preferred share payouts, like all kinds of different things. So you look at all of that and the fact that there's probably massive fraud going on by, by somebody out there. Uh, I'm totally on board with Trace Mayer's whole thing. Like, like, like pull your keys off exchanges on January 3rd. Uh, don't wait till January 3rd, do it right now. Yeah, well, no, of course, but could, like, I love that meme of where it's like yearly, you really push the narrative, um, but do it right now. And, and the, the thing is, so where the real attack comes in is uh, you're seeing all the regulators set up right now, like the SEC, um, probably the every other regulator out there looking at like, how do we regulate Bitcoin? How do we regulate these services, NFTs, all this, this shit? And I think that what's going to happen is they're going to, these fiat maxis are going to rug pull, uh, create this fear event. There's going to be a bank run. A lot of people are going to get fractioned and damaged. Like people are going to be all these dummies, uh, noobs are going to be whining about how they lost their coins. And like, there's going to be lawsuits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, then that's going to usher in these fucking retarded regulations like that they want to put in. Like, like, like all these regulations that are designed to protect the people that were um, the people that get rug pulled, like these basically dummies that are letting people hold their coins. Yeah, that's what I. That's that's sort of like what I think is going to happen. Because like, how long can Bitcoin go? It, the last big one, really big one, I think was MT Gox. After that, there was like smaller custodial insolvencies. Like I think the big Quadrigo, Yeah. Yeah. Mental so. Yeah. So. The only difference is the next time I think they're going to we'll use it as leverage to usher in some pretty shitty regulations that are going to really make it make it more difficult uh, for people and it could be worse tax laws and stuff like that. So that's sort of what I worry about. And like, that's sort of why, like, uh, uh, like one thing I haven't done yet, I think you might have you might be into this, but like, I'm really not into giving uh, like my Bitcoin as collateral for loans and stuff. Cause I, there are certain companies that I think are doing it right. Like I think Unchained does it right because they don't actually uh, rehypothecate your coins, something like that. But, uh, disclaimer Unchained is a sponsor of the pod and I have taken out a loan from them. And yeah. That's yeah, what I, I think. I, I, I have control sure I one that. key and I can look into the wallet and know that my Bitcoin's there. Yeah. So the only, I think the, I think Unchained is the one is a company that does it the right way because it it's not rehypothecating your coin. I think it's in a trust. Um, so there's like Unchained has a key, you have a key, and I think a trust has a key. If so, someone explained it to me that way, I don't know. Yeah, I, think, I haven't done uh, a lot of research. I think uh, I forget who. Yeah, it's another trust or uh, an OTC desk holds a key as well. Yeah, and they're they're doing it in my opinion the right way, um, but there is still probably some residual risk on liabilities and, and that kind of thing. Um, uh, preferential liquidations and stuff that might still 
snag people. But if, if you're going to do it, I think Unchained model is the way to do it. There's other models, like I've talked to some other outfits and they, they basically take your coins. Um, they don't do what Unchained's doing. You don't get a key. Um, and then they rehypothecate it. So they go like, you know, basically loan it out or whatever they end up doing. Use and, it to uh, fund traders to play that GBTCR, but that doesn't exist anymore. That, yeah. So I look at the whole thing. I'm like, man, that's so, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm worried about it. So like, I, I sort of do the, I'm always ultra paranoid. I just do like the most conservative thing. So right now, like our company, I don't, I don't leverage out the coins. Uh, we just hold it. Um, not to say it's a bad thing. It's just like, be cautious is the thing is, yeah. is uh, ultra caution in this space. Understand the risk, understand the risk and the environment in which you're playing in and the risk that, that you're putting your Bitcoin in. But I agree. I think a lot of these large custodians are, I mean, they have to be rehypothecating, but if you added up all the Bitcoin, the people have claims to it would be well over uh, the 18.9 million that are on the market right now, whatever we're at, um, approaching 19 million, I believe. Uh, take your take your coins off exchanges, freaks. If you're listening to this, do it now. Yeah, better to be early than sorry later. And I think that it, it is a very viable attack, and I mean, we could certainly see it. But uh, the good thing is that most coins and line share of them are probably off exchange right now um just due to the nature of bitcoin's very aggressive distribution model early in the days and it was yeah. really hard to hold them on exchanges there so that's a silver lining in all of this and i think we do need to just socially and um culturally reinforce you need to hold your keys to a certain extent whether it be holding them by yourselves completely in a single SIG or a multi-SIG wallet that you control uh, with counterparties that you trust or something like a collaborative custody model. Again, disclaimer sponsor that Unchained offers where they hold a key, you hold two, you still have control, but they're there as a fail-safe for you. Yeah, I, I think we need to get there. And I think, I think we're going to win culturally. I think we're starting to win more minds and people, especially as they see the tyranny of uh, the fiat system and these tyrannical governments that are that are really really getting to authoritarian levels in places like canada australia uh, parts of the u.s here um yeah, i think people are the silent majority is waking up to all right things are fucked up we need we need a solution i think bitcoiners particularly now like right now have hit a a stride in which we're able to pitch Bitcoin uh, in a way that individuals with particular backgrounds, particular approaches to Bitcoin need to be pitched. Like we have the energy industry where we're able to say, hey, we're uh, here to help you be as efficient as possible and as profitable as possible. Um, we can help you reduce your emissions. We can help you get as much value out of the molecules you're pulling out of the ground. And and we can help change, particularly in the oil and gas industry, the, the black eye uh, that the the climate hysterics have have dealt you over the last couple decades. Um, we had the Oslo Freedom Forum last week. Uh, from a human rights perspective, Alex Gladstein and the individual individuals working on privacy tech and uh, the peer to peer level of Bitcoin are doing an incredible job of articulating and educating uh, human rights activists about uh, why Bitcoin is important and more importantly useful 
to them. Um, financial side, as a, when it comes to a treasury asset, how to protect uh, downside risk in, in, the, in the fiat system. Bitcoin does provide a uh, incredible hedge there. And so the beautiful thing about this whole uh, Bitcoin industry is, is how it just keeps wrecking the expertise of the fiat maximalist incumbent morons like number like number going up right is the most powerful meme in my opinion in bitcoin pretty much like it's it, it just is relentless like it just like we're, we're approaching another all-time high uh like probably the most recent in my uh what i'm looking at on twitter embarrassment is steve hankey just like embarrassing himself left right and center like just keep keep bashing El Salvador, keep bashing Bitcoin. And meanwhile, number go up, up, up. So like the, the average Joe, who's not a macro guy, who's not an economist, like doesn't give a fuck about that. Your average guy that like wants a few beers after work and goes for a hard day's work. He doesn't care what this guy thinks. He's looking at number go up for years and years and years. And his ability to get into that, that, that investment now is getting easier and easier and easier. I mean, I got, I've never been a guy like pushing my buddies, like my friends to buy Bitcoin. I've never, I, I always said how excited I was about it. I talk about it like everyone, especially when you get right into it, you talk about it and stuff. But like, I'm seeing my buddies now, like my longtime lifelong friends, like from like early mid school and stuff are getting into it now. And they're like asking me to help them get some coins and buying it through me and stuff. So you finally seeing it snowball and, uh, Obviously, there's going to be lots of, you know, the older generation, I think it's going to unfortunately be the last to it. Um, it's going to be the youth and the, the uh, like our age groups, like getting into it first uh, and like our parents, like, you know, like the uh, older uh, getting into it last. But um, I'm seeing it, though, and it's that's what's like number keeps going up. So that's all that has to happen. And we like everybody wins. And I don't really think there's anything they can do to prevent number from going up. Like, so yeah. even this, even the attack, like I was talking about, it doesn't, I don't think that'll, that, that'll prevent number from going up. It'll just sort of fuck over a lot of honest people that are trying to use Bitcoin and they're going to put some stupid regulations in to make it harder. But like, I don't think it'll stop number going up. And in the end, like, that's, what's going to, that's going to like destabilize the fountain, like the ground, their whole system rests on and they're all just going to fucking topple over and uh, comply with the new Bitcoin state of the world. I think that's what I think is going to happen. I just don't know when, I don't know when exactly, when exactly uh, this all transitions, but I mean, you know it, I know it, everyone listening who's a Bitcoiner knows if you've been a Bitcoiner for any amount of time, you're seeing like, how your life's changing uh, in a positive way. Just, just literally just because you hold Bitcoin, you don't have to be doing anything else. Like you don't have to be starting a Bitcoin business. You could just be your day job and fiat, but you have your slowly bit, your Bitcoin treasuries freeing you from like, okay, here's a good example. I met, I met a guy yesterday. Um, he's proposing to me. We met at a coffee shop here in Calgary. He's down in Leth Lethbridge, a really good guy. Uh, he's about my age. He's a welder. He was actually, I've been, I've been sort of tinkering with maybe doing a little immersion system prototype and he, uh, Ooh, he proposed. Yeah. Just for a laugh, really. I'm, I'm not getting serious into it right now, but 
he proposed, he was proposing to me to build me a little aluminum tank and he had some ideas. So I met with him, but he's a perfect example of a Bitcoiner getting sovereignty because like he only got into Bitcoin a year ago, or about a year and a bit ago. He got in at a great price, like it was something like 10,000. Uh, he's seen huge gains. He's put a fair amount of his wealth into it. He works at the college as a welding instructor down, down wherever. And uh, I'm not, I shouldn't say too much in Doxum, but he, uh, he works out as an instructor and he's telling me a story. Well, he just had to uh, quit, basically forced, forced to leave because he won't, he doesn't want to take the vaccine. And really like when I was talking about it, one of the, the main reason why he felt comfortable doing it is because like he felt that what he's accumulated in Bitcoin and what he can do with his skill set to earn more Bitcoin and to just uh, do his own thing. Like he didn't feel the need that he had to stay there, but a lot of people that are on the fiat mindset and only have fiat treasury, okay, the average person, uh, they don't, they're too scared to stand up for like, you, you know, they might not want to get jabbed and, but for them, it's like, okay, get the jab. Okay. Like you don't want to do it. You're going to feel, you know, ashamed of doing it maybe, uh, or keep your job and, in this economy, it's not a lot of job prospects on the go. Like it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, it's easy to understand why people are doing what they don't morally believe in, but that's a good, that's just a great example. Just yesterday I met this guy and, and he was talking about like, I, I, th I truly think that it's, it's Bitcoin that gave him the mindset to say no, like to do that. And that's going to, you know, as we're talking, like that's going to snowball like that. There's more and more people doing that. And then this guy is going to get, is going to talk about his life and Bitcoin, how it's helped him. And that's going to influence someone else in his life. And it's just going to, it's just going to go until these guys are, you know, unfortunately hyperinflation might be ugly, but. Yeah, it will definitely be ugly, but what you just described there, it's like Bitcoin enabling this distributed global Galt's Gulch, right? Like. What is that? A Galt's Gulch? Then like an Anran's Atlas Shrugged. Oh, okay. All the productive people run away to Galt's Gulch in, in some Colorado mountain town. Um, they just basically turn away from the, the decaying fiat system of their day um, and, and go to this place and build uh, an, a great economy, uh, which they, they use as a base to, to eventually save the world. Um, you can do this now. You don't have to go to a mountain town in Colorado, though. People are certainly doing it in places like uh, Austin, Texas, where Texas, I am now, yeah. uh, Wyoming, other parts of the world, but uh, just the, the fact that Bitcoin's digital and pervasive globally allows allows people like your buddy um, to just turn. Yeah, yeah, I'm you're gonna fire me if I get the job. All right, I have enough Bitcoin. I'm gonna turn away. Um, yeah, and, and enjoy my wealth and go build something in this parallel economy. Um, it's yeah, happening. Man. That's like the it's, perfect it's, example of it happening. It's inspiring, right? Like it's like it's uh, it gives me. There's so much to give a guy um, a poor view outlook on what's happening right now, but like stuff like that is like, well, that's giving me optimism for the future, you know, like that. Hopefully, we finally fix this monetary problem and uh, free everybody to run a business again and run a like have a little business and be successful and have be, have the ability to have your wife at home taking care of your kids and stuff instead of being debt slaved and having to go to a cubicle every day just to feed your family yeah and it's happening and again like i think that's why i do this podcast that's why i work at great american mining that's what you do at upstream and what you do uh publicly facing on your twitter account and 
every other appearance that you make is we can help expedite this process if we percolate these ideas throughout the wider economy and the wider global community, if you will. Uh, and that's why, again, uh, I'm not ashamed to put my name out there and to put my neck out there, to put my face out there. I think it's virtuous. I think most people, 99.9% .9 people on the planet are good people that if this message is uh, packaged to them in a way that they are receptive to and it makes sense to them, they, they will come to recognize the power, the beauty, the utility, and the freedom enabling aspects of the Bitcoin network. And uh, it feels like we're hitting a critical mass of, of enough people like ourselves getting out there and, and giving this pitch to others where we could hit escape velocity at some point. I don't want to say within this year, but within the next five but years. Here's a question. Like, so I'm, I'm on the same page. I think we're heading towards this inflection point and then there's a point of no return. It's just going to like, it's just ending for Fiat. So like, how does Fiat end though? Like, uh, like with a whimper, with a whimper. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't end with a bang. It ends with a whimper. You just slowly yeah. have this transition. Um, 50 years of, uh, was it 50 years since like 1971 fully unreserved us dollar right yeah and i mean this is and just war after war after war and it just sort of fizzles with a whimper it could yeah. i mean i'm not i'm not I mean, that's how, otherwise that's how historians uh obviously rome got sacked by um uh who they get the sacked gauls by? or something the gauls or the the yeah. barbarians who were they, got, they were described as barbarians um but that wasn't right. bitcoiners yeah they got sacked by, by they were they were bitcoin minded back then yeah <laughs> we but, are the barbarians but even then like the the romans didn't even understand that the the empire had ended it wasn't until like hundreds of years later in posterity people were looking back um in retrospect like oh the empire fell then like we could arguably mm. i think and i've said this publicly before we will look back um at like 2008 possibly 2001 is when like the fiat system like actually died and um we are yeah we are seeing this trans this whimper of a transition they're fighting obviously things have been crazy the last two years i want to call it a whimper but uh it's yeah. a, bit of, a bit of a very tight it's rope they've been trying to wrap around us but i think again bitcoin it's it's like that analogy that joe rogan uh gave early on in his podcast like the internet it's like trying like trying to stop the internet and similarly now trying to stop bitcoin is like standing in an open stream of salmon swimming up and trying to like stop all of them with your arms like it's just not going to happen i really really hope that that is how it transitions like with uh it's just slowly more people just get liberated and it's just like a nice like whimpering uh, transition of hope and like opp opportunity right yeah because because I, I i am worried seeing like when you see like australia locked down and where canada's moving and like all this surveillance stuff they're pushing right they're pushing like social credit scores they're pushing um like in canada they're really pushing to censor the internet and like mm -hmm. and the things you can say on social media yeah they have to be like a licensed uh media <laughs> yeah. provider now or something like that well, yeah, I mean, they're they're trying to push these bills like they keep like every other year, there's a new bill to censor the Internet. Like and eventually, like people are going to get complacent and we're going to have this horrible uh, system up here. I mean, there's already enough like sort of 
censorship technically on Canada's internet. Like they have to provide a certain amount of Canadian content, even if it's garbage and like other stuff. But uh, you know, I, I just sort of wonder like how far will they go with the surveillance before they can't afford it anymore, before they can't afford all these controls. Cause that in my mind is how it ends is when the government and the fiat maximalists can't actually afford these things that they're basically subsidizing through printing and taxation. And that would be when it really ends is when they can't pay their bills, like when they can't, which right, arguably right now they can't pay their bills, but they're printing money to pay their bills. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to happen quicker. I think the the energy crisis that is upon us is really going to frustrate a lot of people. Like people have to get angry and like seek solutions. This, this winter could be really interesting. Right. Right. Because uh, all the supply chain stuff seems to be coming to a head and, uh, like like natural gas and energy prices are going up and the intermittency and stuff and yeah the winter hasn't even hit so like yeah. in europe in europe right now i think it's terrible so like when the winter hits like how is that gonna will they have that figured out by then like i don't know yeah and so when people are cold and hungry get, yes they will make changes yes well and that and that will not sit at home when they're cold and hungry yes and that's exactly so that could be like a forcing function but i think it's imperative and very essential that the individuals like ourselves and people actually understand that the government is the problem get to the people who are going to be angry and hitting the streets and describe to them like it is the government and the money printing that led us here and their tyranny like they're not like don't look to these people for solutions they they got us in this problem that's one thing that i believe uh, occupy wall street really missed and this may be the second opportunity uh, this time around with this energy crisis really does lead to some uh, shit hitting the fan on a level of the 2008 financial calamity where we need to learn from Occupy Wall Street's mistake and really highlight the core of the problem to the people. Uh, it's the money creation and the fact that these uh, tyrannical authoritarian governments are trying to control very complex systems like a global economy uh, from in a top-down fashion, which just isn't natural. It's not possible. Um, and it does not lead to good outcomes. Uh, I got one question for you because I think we're about to cool up. But like, uh, do you think the government, because in one way or the other, from like having to deal with uh, upset citizens, because uh, as fiat money collapses, it could have collapsed very quickly, right? But the government isn't going to want to give like yield like control of what they control. So, do you think it's plausible that they'll introduce a new money? Um, I know they're going with the CBDC, the digital money and the surveillance money, of course, like that's the natural fiat progression. But like, uh, do you think they'll be forced due to the complete supply chain collapse and everybody being pissed and like rioting and stuff to say like, okay, because my sort of theory is that they're going to have to retrace back to an earlier time, say like the 1971 and go back to a gold standard because they still control the gold. So in my, I sort of have a theory that when this shit gets really bad, they're going to be forced to do something to present sounder money so the economy can heal a bit. It's either that or they die completely off and, and everybody switches to Bitcoin or like, you know, um, but I find that less likely just because uh, there's still so many people that are un, not using the Bitcoin system. It's quite a lot of things that have to happen before, you know, the world can actually run on Bitcoin. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I, I would like to see what you thought on that. Like what would not surprise me in the least bit. 
and, and they may even be successful. And that's like uh, another interesting point to that. Something like Safe has said publicly about the Bitcoin standard. Like, if anything, like even if it's not a Bitcoin standard, I just hope uh, governments. Uh, I would be happy with a sounder monetary system. And obviously, we all want a Bitcoin standard. I think we are going to get a Bitcoin standard. Um, but in the meantime, between now and that standard, if the government is forced to uh, move to a sounder monetary policy and the central banks are forced to do the same as well, I mean, you can't deny that we'll have... That'd be a good thing. Lives. Yeah, it'd be yeah. positive, right? Um, but then at that point, again, like I said earlier, we just need to, uh, and I think it's very possible considering the communications technology of today to get to the people and really drive home the fact that the don't look for solutions from the people mm -hmm. who created the problem. Right. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. 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 Um, and it that? sounds like, sounds like my neighbor's <laughs> doing some lawn work right now. So it's maybe the perfect time to end it. Steve. Yeah, absolutely. What do you want to leave the freaks with here? Uh, anything about upstream, anything about mining, anything about oil and gas, anything about freedom? Uh, for the freaks that haven't done it and can get into it, I, I think you should uh, go get yourself uh, an ASIC. Um, like go find somebody to, whether it's Compass, whether it's us, your buddy Marty here, or anyone that can get you an ASIC, like uh, go do it at home. It's fun. Um, even guys, uh, the way I look at it now, like even people at home who are mining like at a loss, like I got two S9s running on the side of my house in that prototype black box. And I haven't even looked at my power bill. I bet you like I'm borderline break even uh, or, you know, like I'd be, but I'm going to keep running that basically forever because honestly don't really care because big number goes up. Are you running so brains? Yep. Yep. Of course. Yeah. I love brains. Um, and then, I mean, miners generally have always done well enough in the long term. So I, I would say if you're going to listen to anything, I have to say like, go get yourself a miner, get yourself non KYC sats set it up safely and uh don't worry so much about the power bill just run that thing constantly and uh overload that fiat system let's we got to overload their grids the sooner we overload the fiat grids and and force them to their knees the sooner we uh transition to sounder money so that starts with uh you guys at home getting a miner and tripling your power bill <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it and as you can hear the windblower behind me is getting loud. Steve, yeah. it's always a pleasure. I love you, brother. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for coming and having another conversation with me. Um, keep crushing it. Uh, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're winning. We are winning. And I look forward to visiting you uh, once I'm allowed to travel again. I'd, Good, love and, be, I'd love to be down to Texas. And enjoy enjoy the next few months of your life. Having a child is an incredible thing. I'm, I'm very happy for you and your wife. It's uh, I'm excited to see... Thank Papa you. Papa Steve Barber out there. I think you're going to be an incredible father. Thank you so much. I can't wait to meet my baby and then show it off to the world. It's going to, <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be the best thing. So It really is. It really is. Well, that's all we got this week, freaks. Peace and love.